What's up, non-believers, doubters, and skeptics? Welcome back to the Jesus Unfollower podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Crow, and I was just thinking about something. I can't believe that it's almost been three years since I started this podcast. It's almost been three years since the pandemic started. Isn't that insane? How is that even possible? I know that's cliche to say, and I know everybody's like, oh, it seems like it was last year, but doesn't it? I mean, it seems like it was two years ago, tops, but it has been almost three years since the pandemic started. Almost three years since we were all watching Tiger King. Almost three years since I lost my job. That was the first job I ever got fired from. It was February 27th, 2020. Almost three years ago. What? And the reason I bring up the job is because I find myself in a funny situation now. I am working for Christians. Not only am I working for Christians, I'm working for Christians who are partnered with a very large Christian business conference. My job is a content manager. And so I edit podcasts, I edit YouTube videos, and a lot of those podcasts and YouTube videos have Jesus as a topic, or at least part of the discussion. Jesus, the enemy, Satan. And it's just so ironic, isn't it? That I create ex-Christian and atheist content And now my 9 to 5 is a job where I have to edit Jesus content. And it's just weird. It's very strange. For the podcast this week, I am actually taking a couple of clips from older YouTube videos to put on here because I think they're pretty good and I don't think I ever put them on the podcast. So I'm going to be talking about six bad reasons to be a Christian And then another video I did was uh, how white evangelical Christians claim that they're harassed. So sit back and enjoy, and I'll be back at the end. around Christianity my whole life. I was raised in the church. I brought my Bible to school with me in high school. I brought my Bible to work with me when I was in my late teens, early 20s. I truly believed in my heart that I knew Jesus. But now, I don't think that was ever the case. That doesn't mean that I was never a true Christian. It just means that now I believe that the Christian God does not exist. Now, as an outspoken atheist, I come in contact with Christians every day who tell me I'm wrong. And when I ask them why they believe in God, I get a plethora of answers. And I think that most of them are not good reasons to believe in God. So here are some of the worst reasons to be a Christian, in my humble opinion. Number one, that's just the way I was raised. Now, to be fair, this is not a reason that I hear often, but I have heard it before. I've heard people say, well, that's just how I was raised. I believe in God. That's just how I was raised. I think really that's probably the worst reason to believe in a God. You were raised that way, so you're completely trusting the people who raised you to know about the supernatural world. 
about God's existence. I've heard the same logic. That's just the way I was raised applied to different things that are not healthy at all. Like black people and white people shouldn't date each other. Well, that's just how I was raised. Does that make it right? Does that make that opinion right? You were raised a certain way to believe a certain thing. And that's why you believe it. Doesn't that seem a little bit dangerous to you? Number two, life is pointless without a God. Why would you want to live if there's no point? God gives us a reason to live. Um, We have a higher purpose. You know, we're going to die. We're going to go to heaven after this is all over. This is just temporary. If you're an atheist, then what is the point of your life? Well, let me tell you, I don't think that there is an inherent point to life. There's not this intrinsic meaning of being alive. Life is what we make it. I would argue that the fact that I don't believe in an afterlife makes this actual life that we know that we have, this is the only one that we know that we have, it makes it more meaningful. Bad reason number three to be a Christian is faith. And I know that faith is like the cornerstone of Christianity, but is faith really a good reason to believe in anything? Faith, by definition, is believing in something without evidence. People believe in Bigfoot without evidence. They believe in aliens without evidence. They believe in other gods that you don't believe in without evidence. Do you take them at their word that they're right? Are you okay with them believing that? Because, you know, maybe a lot of Christians are. Yeah, that's fine. They have faith in their gods. They have faith that this is true. So there's no problem with that. But I think that there kind of is a problem with believing in something without evidence. If you want to make it your personal belief... That's fine, but the problems come in when you start telling other people that they should live this way also because of your personal faith. I believe in this, therefore you should also. I know the truth, and you don't. I know what's right, and I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you what you need to do in order to get salvation. To quote the great Matt Dillahunty, faith is the excuse people give for believing something when they don't have a good reason. I completely agree. And most people do believe in their gods because of faith. Like when it comes down to it, there's not really a good reason besides just faith. That's that's the cornerstone of why people believe. Number four, the Bible has stood the test of time. Just because the Bible has been around for a long, long time, and because it is survived all the years and because it is the most produced book and the best-selling book of all time does that make the words inside of the book true could it be that the people in power have used this book to gain even more power and kept reproducing the book and kept reproducing the book just because a lot of people believe something that doesn't mean that it's true if one day the quran becomes the most popular book in the world and there are more copies of it than the bible Will that make the words in that book true? Or will that not apply at that time? The popularity of something does not dictate whether or not it's true. Period. The next bad reason to be a Christian, the apostles died for the cause. They knew that Jesus was the truth, and they were willing to die for it. Therefore, why would they die for a lie? Again, you have to ask the question, does them dying for something make that something true? All of the car bombers in the Middle East, they died for something that they thought was true. You know what? Why am I wasting my breath when I can let the great Christopher Hitchens make the point for me? You know, the people were so strongly motivated to believe it that it must have been true. I regard that as a very, very unsafe assumption. 
or if it is a safe one, then it must surely apply to Islam and to Mormonism. I mean, these are two very, very, very fast-growing religions, have people prepared to sacrifice enormously for it, uh, have ancestors who were absolutely determined of the truth of it at the time, and who made extraordinary conquests in its name. If you're going to grant this for one religion, it seems to me you have to be willing, not just willing, you may, you may indeed be compelled to uh, make this concession for all of them. And the last bad reason to be a Christian, there's no way that all of this happened by accident. Not believing in something just because you don't understand it is called personal incredulity. People are not willing to believe in climate change, in evolution, in the Big Bang, in like the formation of our universe because they just chalk it up to, well, it couldn't possibly happen. The odds are too great. What are the chances that that could actually happen? But they're willing to believe that there's a God who exists outside of space and time who just said, boom, and created everything. They're more inclined to believe that than progress over billions of years. The Earth is 4.5 billion years old, and I think people have a hard time understanding just exactly how long that is, you know? And evolution takes place over millions of years. It's not tens of years. It's not hundreds of years. It's not thousands of years. It's a long, 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 long time. And really, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Does that mean that it didn't happen? And I guess it's true. People could say the same thing for God. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. Or you just don't understand God. Therefore, you don't think he's real. The difference is the things that I'm talking about actually have evidence, whereas God has anecdotal evidence or just arguments. Well, Pew Research Center did a poll about online harassment. And guess which group said that they were harassed the most about their religion? White evangelicals. Shocking. Here's the article from Pew Research Center about one in five Americans who have been harassed online say it was because of their religion. Some 41% of U.S. adults have been harassed online in at least one of six ways covered in this study. Those who have been subjected to these experiences cite a number of reasons for why they were targeted. And a notable share believe that the harassment they faced was due to their religious affiliation. About one-fifth of those Americans who have personally experienced online harassment say they believe they were targeted because of their religion. When looking at Americans overall, not just those who have been harassed online, that share is equivalent to 8% of the overall population. If you look at the chart over here, it says about 3 in 10 white evangelical Protestants who have been harassed online say it was due to their religion. Among Protestants, white evangelical online harassment targets are more likely than white non-evangelical targets to say they believe they were the target of harassment online because of their religion. It's funny how that works, isn't it? The loudest group who goes out of their way to tell other people how, that they, should, how they should live and the group that feels like they're losing the grip on America, the group that stormed the Capitol... That group is the one saying that they are the victim of online harassment. You know, if you shove your stuff in somebody else's face and they reject it, or if they call you crazy for it, or if they cuss you out because you're being overly assertive, that's not harassment. You don't get to play the victim in that situation. Now, just because somebody is a white evangelical, that doesn't mean that they cannot experience harassment, because of course they can. I'm not trying to lump everybody in one group because I know that white evangelicals can differ greatly. I know a lot of white evangelicals who are great people, but there are some who are quite extreme 
and view any pushback on what they're trying to push as oppression. Next thing we're going to look at here is an article from the Friendly Atheist called E.W. Jackson. Gay and transgender people will never get into heaven. Right-wing radio host and former candidate for lieutenant governor of Virginia, E.W. Jackson, who recently said John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock were demonically possessed, spent part of his live-streamed Bible study yesterday trashing LGBTQ people. Besides claiming gay and trans people couldn't get into heaven, a belief that many conservative evangelicals and Catholics oppose, Jackson also condemned Dr. Rachel Levine, a trans woman and pediatrician selected by Joe Biden to be the assistant health secretary. Let's see what old E.W. Jackson has to say here. No transgenders in heaven. No homosexuals in heaven. Nobody in heaven is going to be confused about what God made them to be. There's nobody in heaven is going to be talking about, I'm a man, but I, I, I've got a woman on the inside of the place. See, that's how you know that stuff is of the devil. That, that's how you know. Because that, that stuff is not going into heaven. So what, what people need to do is get saved now, get delivered now. You see this guy, this assistant secretary of health and human services, I think it is. Um, what's he call himself? Rachel something or other. I mean, it's sad. It's pathetic. It really is. You look at this guy, and he's a freak. I can't figure out why evangelical Christians are so obsessed with gay people and transgender people. How does it affect this guy at all that someone transgender was selected by President Joe Biden to be the assistant health secretary? That must be the Christian love we hear so much about. Nothing but insult, comic humor, and cruelty. There's no substance to it. It's just Jackson ripping on people he deems less worthy. Keep in mind that Jackson assumes he'd be going to heaven, never acknowledging how that would be hell for everyone else. And yet his beliefs are perfectly in line with the kind of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric that's commonplace in conservative churches. They demonize people they don't understand because their entire worldview is etched in stone, they would rather insist their archaic views are perfect than educate themselves and change their thinking. That's what it is. It's always pointing the finger at other people. It's elevating these sins to be higher than others. Like, really, man, your hatred, your hatred and disgust for other people is somehow more tolerated and better than someone being gay or transgender. In your mind, you're better than them. I am frequently asked why I talk about religion, why I talk about God. It's because of stuff like this. That's why I do it. Because it's important for those of us who don't believe to be able to voice our opposition to the hatred, the bigotry, and the self-importance that comes out of certain sects of religion, certain sects of Christianity. It's disgusting. They have this confidence. They have this feeling of superiority. They have this feeling of self-righteousness because most of the people in this country believe in Jesus Christ. And so they can walk around with their chest puffed out and think that they can tell other people how to live. They know that most other people have their back too. So yeah, everybody, people believe like I do. 
Now, of course, not everybody believes like this guy. <laughs> and there are definitely extremists. Um, and so I'm not speaking to all Christians, all evangelical Christians. But because the majority of Americans are Protestant Christians, it enables people like him to have a platform. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure to check out the Discord. It's free. We're talking about our stories. We're talking about things that we struggle with. We're sharing helpful links and stuff. It's hard for me to get to all my DMs on Instagram and stuff, so I created a Discord where we can have better conversations, so make sure to come check that out at jesusunfollower.com slash Discord. And also, I think I know what direction I'm going to take the podcast. I've always been like sort of not sure. I'm like, do I want to just talk about what's happening in the news? Do I want to interview people or what? But I think my bread and butter is having fun, trying to entertain. I am not a great interviewer. I am not the guy who is the most knowledgeable about Christianity, about atheism, any of that. I think my wheelhouse, so to speak, is just trying to make people laugh. That's what I love to do. So I'm going to start watching Christian movies and talking about them on this podcast. And I think that's going to be fun. Maybe you hate that idea, but I think it'll be fun for all of us. Um, so that's going to be the next episode and probably most episodes from now on. We'll see. I might change it up. You never know. I might just change it up again. That's what I do. Switcheroo. So if you're still listening to this, which I know maybe two of you are, thank you so much for listening. And remember, you don't need a God to be good. Peace out. To sign up for a private community for ex-Christians, or to join the Comments from Christians newsletter, head over to JesusUnfollower.com.